Welcome to Be Ye Hearers. It's a podcast of St. James's Episcopal Church in Richmond, Virginia. I don't know about you, but I could use some deep breathing this morning. So let's start off with that. When I count to three, I want to invite each of you to take a deep breath. And when you take this breath, I want you to pay attention to the air on each step of its journey. Pay attention as it enters into your nose and then passes through your throat and then eventually fills up your lungs. Keep the air inside for a few seconds and then breathe it all out. All right, here we go. On the count of three. One, two, three. Let's do it one more time. One, two, three. I think we often take for granted how amazing the simple act of breathing is. Now, full disclosure, it's been a few years since I've studied the respiratory process, so I did a little research this week. And I was reminded that every time we breathe, air enters into us and then it fills our lungs. But it doesn't stop there. After filling our lungs, the oxygen from the air moves from the lungs into our capillaries, and then from our capillaries into our blood, and then from there it's transported throughout our entire body, all the way from our toes to the tips of our fingers, each breath sustaining us and giving us life. Jesus breathed on the disciples. What a strange thing for him to do. Can you imagine someone coming up to you and and just breathing on you? I mean, Jesus, we're excited that you're not dead anymore, but please, like six feet of space would be amazing. (laughs) Somebody's going to get COVID. Maybe a little context can help us out. Back before Jesus breathed on them, the disciples had locked themselves away in a house because they were afraid that the same people who had executed Jesus would come for them next. Earlier that day, Mary Magdalene had tried to tell them that Jesus wasn't dead anymore, but as happens far too often, they didn't take her story seriously because all of them are still living as if Jesus were dead. Now, it had only been a few days since they had watched as one of their closest friends and beloved leader had been publicly executed. So in addition to fearing for their safety, I think we can also assume that a locked house was a safer place to try and process their grief and their trauma and maybe even their shame for those 
who had abandoned Jesus. Like so many of us, when we wrestle with feelings like these, maybe they just didn't feel like getting back out into the world. But then, all of a sudden, Jesus completely ignores these locked doors, and he magically appears in the middle of the room. And after showing them the scars in his hands and in his side, he says to them, peace be with you. As the Father sent me, so I send you. And then, in the midst of their fear, in the midst of their grief and their trauma and their shame, he breathes on them. Jesus, God incarnate, breathes on them. As strange as this may have been, even stranger things tend to happen whenever God breathes. Back in Genesis chapter 2, you may remember that God forms Adam and molds Adam out of the dust. But then, what does God do? Genesis tells us that God breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. When God breathes, things that weren't and never have been suddenly come into existence. There's new creation. And then later on in the book of Ezekiel, God places Ezekiel in the midst of this valley full of dry bones. And he tells Ezekiel to prophesy to the bones, and then what does God do? God breathes on the bones. Tendons and ligaments start to appear, and then flesh and skin, and then before long, those bones that were dead only moments before are alive once again. When God breathes, things that were once dead come back to life. There's resurrection. Jesus breathed on the disciples. And he said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. According to John's gospel, this was the Pentecost moment. This was when the disciples received the Holy Spirit through Jesus' breath. And just as air enters into our bodies and fills every part of us from our toes to the tips of our fingers, I can't help but wonder if something similar happened to the disciples when Jesus breathed. And just like Adam back in Genesis, as Jesus breathed, things started to come into existence in the disciples that hadn't been there before. All of that fear was transformed into bravery that they didn't even know was possible. And just like those dry bones in Ezekiel, as Jesus breathed all of those parts of themselves that they thought had died with Jesus three days earlier, start to heal and come back to life. The grief, the death of a close friend, the trauma of watching him die, the shame from having abandoned him. Jesus breathed on the disciples. God incarnate breathed 
on them. You see, Easter matters when we die because we have the hope of resurrection. But Easter matters today because God breathed. And because God still breathes. God breathes every time someone enters into the waters of baptism and literally becomes new creation as Anne, Ford, Marshall, and Sally will do in a few moments. God still breathes every time we come to that altar as beggars and leave fed with Christ's body and blood. God still breathes into our fear and our grief and our trauma and our shame in ways we don't even know how to begin to hope for or imagine. And because God breathes, things that were once impossible suddenly become possible. Things like healing and forgiveness and life. Things like resurrection. But breath doesn't just come into us and stay there, does it? Think back to those deep breaths a few minutes ago. Even if you just held it in for a few seconds, you may have started to feel just a little lightheaded. Because breath isn't made to be held in. That's not how breathing works, because after entering into our bodies, eventually breath must go back out. So that breath that Jesus breathed into the disciples entered into them, and it healed them, and it transformed them, but then it went back out. As the Father sent me, Jesus said, so I send you. Jesus came to the disciples in a locked room, but after having received his breath, they didn't stay there for long. Yes, they were healed and they were transformed, but they were healed and transformed so that they could partner with God in healing and transforming the rest of creation. God still breathes on us. And for some strange reason, like the first disciples, God also breathes through us. Outside of these walls, there is a world full of fear and full of grief and trauma and shame and death. Outside of these walls, there is a world gasping for the very air you have been given. So before you leave today, take a few more deep breaths. Let the Holy Spirit fill every part of your being. Let it bring to life new creation and bring to life those parts of you that you thought were long dead. But then, Go back outside of those doors. Go back to your homes. Go back to your neighborhoods and your schools and your places of work. And breathe it out. Amen.
Thank you for listening to Be Ye Hearers. For our full worship service, go to doers.org slash live. To learn more about St. James's, go to doers.org. We hope you've been touched by the Holy Spirit today. We look forward to being your companion on your spiritual journey.